Hi, I'm Lori. And I'm Kevin. And this is No Longer Ashamed. We are survivors of childhood sexual abuse. And we're here to share with you that if you're a survivor, you don't have to be alone. Our logo is a salamander. And the reason is a fire salamander can survive a fire and you have survived a fire. We want to help you with your journey to healing and hope. We are all survivors together and we walk this journey together. And you are not alone. By telling our stories, we are hoping that you will have the courage to share in your stories as well and find your voice. Because stories are so important. And for so long, I know that I wouldn't tell my story. But when I finally shared my story, that's when I got my freedom. And this is our journey and your journey to healing and hope. So come with us. So we have to talk about something Kevin doesn't want to talk about. Yeah, this is one we've I've been meaning to do an episode about, but I just have managed to avoid it because I just <laughs> don't really look forward to it. But we want to talk about rage and not only why we have rage, but how it affects us. And how it affects the people around us. And how it affects the people around us. And that's why it's a hard one for me because I know I have rage and I know it has gotten better, but it hasn't completely gone away and I'm I'm still really ashamed of it. It's not something I'm proud of in my life. And sometimes I understand where it comes from, but I still, you know, there's like in the Bible they speak of righteous anger. I don't think my rage is ever righteous. It's triggered and it happens and so it's reactive. It's reactive and I'm getting better at realizing when I'm going to be in a situation where I'll probably, and I'm understanding it more, but it's still, I still am disappointed in myself whenever I have rage. If you catch yourself, like you said, sometimes you know that you you get triggered and you know you're going into rage. Are there things that you can do to calm yourself or do you like leave the house or what do you do? Yes. For me, it's mostly about kind of talking myself back from the cliff edge of rage and realizing that it's not the healthy reaction. It's not a productive reaction and just realizing, okay, this isn't working and acting out isn't going to make it better. How can I do something to avoid acting out, but also handle what I'm feeling? Because it's, you know, the feeling doesn't go away, but you have to understand why you're having that feeling and what you can do with that feeling rather than, like in my instance, throw things, break things, you know, um... (laughs) get in a rage i i even have sometimes at work i get really frustrated when things don't work well and it's not my fault it's something else is happening and i just get frustrated and you know i'll throw my hard hat on the ground and just (laughs) you know stomp around like a kid having a tantrum and then i have to stop and go look this isn't helping So you kind of have to look at yourself from the outside and go, okay, how is this going to make it better? Yeah. And say, what can I do? I got these emotions, but what can I do so I don't act out? I feel like embracing the emotion because emotions are a clue for us Mm -hmm. that 
we're feeling something. So for instance, um, you know, you may be reacting to something, but it might be actually that you're lonely. You know, you've been going through this COVID and you're all alone and you're lonely, but you're overreacting to something. And that's often how you can tell it's rage. Now for me, I pushed it all inward. And so that caused depression for years and years. And still, it's a little difficult. And I'm not afraid of my rage. Mm-hmm. I just don't even know. Well, I know I don't want to yell at a person yeah. because I was yelled at. But I, I think that it's just such a foreign thing that maybe I need to practice it. Maybe <laughs> I need to, you know, go break some things. But, you know, the whole thing is that we have those feelings and those are really important. Yeah. So when we try to stuff them, that doesn't help, but we've got to feel the feelings. But when we do act out in rage, anyone around us, that's abuse. Yeah. That's abusing the people around us because now they're scared. Yeah. We're, we're impacting them in a way that harms them. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of my shame and feelings of guilt about this is because of my father and his temper. And so for most of my life, I didn't, I, I bottled up my rage as well, and I wouldn't express it. I wouldn't express feelings, period, because feelings were scary. Because, danger, danger. <laughs> yeah, my dad, when he would express, those feelings were scary. He was he was act out in rage a lot. And then as I started to experience my feelings, he, I still kept the anger and rage in for the most part and I would only express it in certain situations that I knew were safe and you know I wasn't going to affect anyone else but then it slowly creeped into my life and I kind of lost control at times and allowed it to blow up in my life. And that's exactly what you were afraid of happening. Isn't that interesting? Yes, it is. We try to avoid it because we think we can control it. And then we end up, I remember when I was 14, I went to a seminar and they said, if you don't forgive the person who hurt you, you will become just like them. Mm. And same thing when, you know, when you're afraid you're going to be like somebody, you know, a lot of people with mentally ill parents, they have seen the ups and downs and they think if they have something, you know, if they feel a little too uh, excited, they're like, oh no, it's happening to me, you know? And so we try to manage without actually talking about the feelings, without actually acknowledging them and naming them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like I say in recovery with recovering addicts, they have two feelings, happy and mad. Mm-hmm. It's one or the other. And there are so many more feelings. Yeah. Thinking about it, I think part of it is I haven't had a real safe outlet, a real, for a long time I was managing my rage because I did have an outlet Mm. to explore it and to express it where it wasn't going to harm anyone. But in my life now, I don't really have that outlet. So when it comes up, if I don't, manage it it just blows up and then I scare people and do things that aren't really healthy so I think it's part of the process that's important is to finding the safe place to have to express your emotions what was your safe place uh for, you know for quite a while it was therapy and group therapy mm-hmm. and group therapy was one of the best yeah. Because I was with these men that all we all felt safe talking about things and expressing things together. And it also um, reinforced 
our it was like the support we we reinforced that it was okay to have these feelings to have had you know emotions that we needed to get out that we didn't have any other place to get out and so i don't really have that kind of community where i can just lose it express how i feel and know it's not going to harm anyone it's not going to be at them the reason you don't have that anymore did you graduate or did you just get busy why is that not a part of your um life? i think because I don't express those feelings much with anyone else except my wife. And generally, when I have rage, if it's at her, that's not the best time to express them. It's better to express them with someone who it's not directed at. And that's why group therapy was great, because I wasn't directing my rage at these other men. I was just able to express my rage that I had, but it wasn't directed at someone. Now, my, I'm kind of ashamed about my rage is when I have rage, it's directed at someone. And usually it's because I'm feeling like I'm misunderstood or I know one of the biggest triggers of my rage is when I'm being accused of something that I know I didn't do or it isn't my fault. And it just, I just lose it. So how come you don't have a group now? Are you too busy or did like yes. did you graduate? So you, it's just because you're too busy. Too busy. Um, and you... you know, my friends, you know, I have a lot of friends, but we don't, you know, it's been this pandemic thing that we yeah. haven't seen people. And even my friends, I don't have that close a relationship to be able to express this kind of stuff with I do to a degree and there's there's certainly times I express a lot of stuff with them but I don't see them often enough would and you put this in the category of self-care uh, yes so what will it take for you to find your tribe again yeah I need to find a group that I can regularly get together with and we can process. be yeah we can process we can be safe to yeah process about because I think that's something that you really need to do throughout this process. It's right. not something that goes away and and this is kind of evidence of that. that right. It's not something that you just okay you've gotten to that point now you're over it and it's done. That's why I asked you. I wanted to know if it was just because of the way things are or if there comes a point where you give up your group. Yeah well I think that's going to be an important thing I need to start looking into so when i when my clients tell me that they need to do something i always say you won't <laughs> that's right until you get to want to mm -hmm. and it's those kind of habits and behaviors that we're not proud of that will actually keep us from reaching out and yeah. so i would <laughs> challenge you to to find a way that you can get to that want to be a part of a group where there's a reason for doing it that would really fill you up, bring you joy. Because if it is part of self-care, yeah. and if you should do it or you need to do it, then it becomes a chore. Yeah, it becomes something you... Another thing on yeah, your list. Yeah. Something you just keep putting off because you have all these other shoulds and needs mm -hmm. and you, you just keep putting them off because they're just a chore. Because and, they're just something that has to be done. Yeah. And I think with rage, there's the reacting to things, the triggering. But also, when you're not doing self-care, we get resentful. 
and that can lead to rage as well. And so part of it is knowing who you are and knowing what brings you joy. And it's so easy for survivors to be workaholics and to feel unworthy that I don't get to have fun. I just have to work, work, work. And so I think then that that fuels the rage. That's really true. I know a lot of times when I'm at that point where it's right there, it's because I just haven't had any sort of, oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, Downtime. Recovery. Yeah. So I feel like things build up, things build up. You have to work and you're trying to get caught up on all these other things. And I just get feeling like I'm swamped because there's all these things. There's work, there's the dogs, there's all these other things that build up and build up and build up. And I'm just not getting caught up. And and especially if I'm not getting enough sleep and then something happens and it's laid on me and I just like, um, that's it, I'm done. (laughs) that that was the straw and I think for me I know doing this podcast has been a part of my process and as a result I've explored a lot of stuff but it's also just kind of it's not on an intimate level so to speak it's not it's not your tribe it's not the people that understand what you've been through without you saying anything yeah it's basically well it's i'm doing it for a purpose but the purpose isn't necessarily my healing and although it has helped it certainly helped Mm -hmm. but i haven't taken the time to actually continue with what i need to take care of what i what (laughs) i'm doing that word again (laughs) what i want to change in my life yeah Because you have a certain set of values, and I think that often we have these values that we claim, but we don't live them out. We say, I want more family time, but then we work all the time. Mm -hmm. And so it's taking a look at our values, and it it really, this is just reinforcing the power of self-care. Yeah. Because when we don't get enough sleep, even when we don't get enough water, you know, when we don't get a little downtime, then we suffer. Well, and it depends on how we use our downtime, too. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes I don't use it in a way that's really helping me. Um, You know, it's on my phone looking at the news or, you know, in some way that I'm distracted, but I'm not getting that real recovery. And... I know biking for me is a big deal, but it only deals with kind of the physical recovery for me. And it and it also helps cleanse and so forth. It makes me feel better physically and mentally, but not necessarily emotionally always. Mm-hmm. And sometimes because I've got all these other things and then I make sure I go biking, but because I'm going and taking care of all these things and biking there's still other stuff just hanging over so I never feel really caught up but I think part of it has to be I have to just allow some things that I'm not going to be able to you know I'm not going to be able to do it all mm-hmm. it will never always be caught up and that's uh, that that thought causes you stress <laughs> yeah that's something that's a hard one for me to grasp it's like when I look around and I see things that need to be done I always feel like okay well I I ought to be doing something yeah. so it buys into your I'm not enoughness yes and 
that's part of what leads to this this build up and it just builds up and builds up and builds yeah. up and then finally when something sets me off it just all comes out i think what we forget sometimes i know i do is that when we choose to say ride our bike and then we come home and this wasn't done mm-hmm. it's like you know we we made a choice to do self-care and something else suffered but it's not happening to us it's a choice we made so we can yeah. say well i made that choice so i'll live with this for a while because the the greater good was me riding my bike and i feel like as survivors we beat ourselves up all the time all the time we're not good enough we didn't do enough and i work with people recovering from drugs and alcohol and what i love about it is they know they have to connect with source higher power god every day Mm. they have to find time every day to get quiet and get centered or they're going to go use and those of us that haven't had those struggles don't realize the value of that and just taking those few minutes to just be quiet to think (laughs) <laughs> to read something motivational rather than flipping through Facebook. It's valuing yourself and realizing that even five minutes that is just all about you being yeah. can really influence your whole day. Yeah, you're just being still, mm-hmm. connecting to God or whomever it is that you connect with, the mm-hmm. power that you find your source. Right. And just being still and letting everything, making that the important thing rather than everything else. Because I think a lot of time in my life, everything else is the important thing. And that just, that has this, there's like this background noise of things need to get done, things need to get done, things need to get done. And I do find time, but I also look around and go, ah, ah. You know, there's always that list going on. But I think for me, rage is a hard one because we have rage. I know for a lot of men, the rage is kind of a vengeance thing, Mm. a revenge thing. You want to lash back. You want to lash out. And revenge isn't going to serve you. We're not going to gain anything from revenge. But I know for a long time, I wanted revenge, and I actually kind of, well, not not kind of at all, I did impose a form of revenge on my perpetrator for a while. It was a emotional revenge on him, and that lasted for 10 years or so, where I was taking it out on him, mm. but it did not help me right. heal. It did not help me get over it. It did not help me get past it. It kept me bound. I was in bondage to that revenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what happens is that then that person gets all this free rent in our head and they may have moved on. They're never thinking about what they did to us, but we're still every day mm-hmm. dwelling on it. And there's a verse in the Bible that says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And that it's not our job to get vengeance. In fact, our job is to forgive. And a lot of people feel like that's letting somebody off the hook. But when we have unforgiveness, then that fuels the rage as well. Yeah. And keeps us bound to that. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to We're doing this to help you get free. Mm-hmm. To help you get free of the bondage. And when we say you, we mean us. <laughs> and also us because we're not entirely free either we're still working on it 
we're getting there. Well, it's a process. And then that goes back to the group. You know, we're still always getting there. And recovery is so circular. It's not linear. And unfortunately, a lot of programs are linear. They take you from A to B to C. And then you're over. Right. But recovery is not that way. And you may be doing good for years and then something else comes up and just throws you for a loop. And so finding those places of self-care where you can get that out and talk about it, whether it's a group. I know for a while you were doing the online thing, Mm -hmm. but having that safe place and not saying, oh, well, I should be better by now. Recovery is Mm long-term. We we say that with the addicts and it's true with what we're going through too, because it doesn't just go away. And often I've thought, I wonder if I wouldn't have had that in my childhood where I would be today. And I can't dwell on that, but that's why it's long-term because at my age, I'm still dealing with things that happened to me three years old (laughs) yes we are Mm -hmm. yeah it does get better Mm -hmm. we understand and realize some of the cycles we're going through Mm -hmm. we also understand and realize what helps us get through them and so it makes it easier when we're going through these things. Yeah. But it doesn't mean we don't ever go through them ever again. Right. And there's anger, which is righteous anger, when we hear about kids yeah. being abused. But when it's when it's that that anger and that rage, you know, there's there's so many things we can look at in our own life, being too busy, not having an outlet. You know, that's a, a wonderful clue when you feel rage. It's a wonderful clue to say, oh, I think I want <laughs> to engage in a little bit of self-care. Yeah, you know, things are getting out of control. Mm-hmm. What What is it that's getting out of control? Mm-hmm. And I know for me, when I do feel that way now, I'm getting better because I recognize it happening and I go, I, I can realize, okay, I am not, I'm having anger, but it's not something that needs to be reacted in this way. It's not, okay, maybe I feel like I'm being misunderstood. Maybe I feel like I'm being accused of something that I didn't do or I don't deserve, but I don't need to react like this. I can react in a different way. And that's kind of how I've been dealing with it lately. But I love what you say about it's an indication of things being out of control. It was like what Charnel's therapist said, feelings our information. Mm -hmm. So when you're getting there, you realize, okay, why do I feel like I need to blow up? It's that big a deal. Well, no, not necessarily, but maybe it means that I'm feeling out of control. Maybe it means that, you know, things are getting to me and I need to look at that and see what I can do to help that situation. Yeah, doing a personal survey and taking a look. And as we get more um, control over that, like, so for me, I stuff everything. Mm -hmm. So then I have to go, okay, I'm really mad about that. And so I need to find someone to talk to. I need to get it out of my head and let myself be angry because even the Bible says be angry and sin not. It's not it's not wrong to be angry. No. It's important, but it's when we react and we use yeah. it to, to harm ourselves or others that yeah. that's when we get ourselves in trouble. And just knowing when you start to recognize it and know it, then you you can start to make those changes. There's mm-hmm. this guy I love, his name is BJ Fogg, F O G G, and he talks about tiny habits. And so it's like as we start to instill these new behaviors 
to take care of the old behaviors that it's those little things. So maybe every day you can't find your keys before work and so you're, you're mad. Yeah. You finally find them and you're late to work. So a tiny habit would be putting your keys in the same place every day. Every day, yeah. And then you build that into when I come home, do I always get a drink of water? You combine habits. But when we, when we look at what we're mad at, a lot of times it's very solvable. Yes. It is. And that's why, because anger is a feeling. It's not wrong or right. It's just we have feelings, yeah. and it is a feeling. But Rage, that... when we're losing our control yeah. over anger, right? then that's an indication that something's wrong. Yeah. That's when we need to be paying attention. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, survivors often have rage, especially men. I don't know with women as well, but I think a lot of men do it because they haven't had a lot of control in their lives. Mm -hmm. So when they feel out of control, when they feel like they're losing control, then they just completely blow up because that's a helpless feeling. That's why in traffic they call it road rage mm -hmm. because you're blind out of control with rage and you do ridiculous things. Yeah, so that's, you know, it's important to have express your feelings, to have your feelings. And feelings aren't wrong or right, They're, but it's important to recognize them and, and have them. Yeah. But when you're out of control, that's when you need to realize there's something wrong. Yeah. And, and you need to look at and find out what, what you can, how you can control it or handle it. And if it's a pattern, get help. Go to counseling. It, you could be um, in recovery for 10 years and it, there's no shame in going back to counseling yeah. or finding a coach to help you work through. Find a group to go to because the whole thing, the reason we share our story is we're not in this alone. Yeah. And as we get to a level where we feel like we've dealt with it, we, t we can tend to isolate from the people that would be the most supportive of us. Yeah, that's true. I need to think on this one. I need, <laughs> I, or think, I want to think on this. I think you want to think on I this. I want to think on this. I, I want to find out a little more because part of this is for my own good here because it hasn't been happening very often, but I know there have been a few times where I've just been like, why did I lose control? Mm -hmm. What was going on? And Have you been able to figure it out later, like after? Yeah. You broke everything? or <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it... It has helped because it hasn't happened since or as, you know, I've come close to that point and realized I was starting to lose control. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I'm starting to lose control. Well, this is what's going on here. Yeah. And if you're a parent and you get upset with your kids and you're raging, it's probably not as much about their behavior as what's going on with you. And that's a clear sign to get help. Yeah, because taking it out on them isn't going to help you or help them. Yeah. And it could really lead to a lot of harm for both of you. Yeah. And so so I pay guess, attention to your rage. Yeah. What, what is it that causes you to lose control? And when is it that you are losing control? What's going on in the rest of your life that might be causing you to get to the point where you just can't handle anything? There's one underlying thing that can be happening is time of year. Mm -hmm. So yes. the time of year that your abuse happened could actually trigger you even if you in your mind you can't remember was it spring or fall or was it but your body remembers yeah. and there's a great book called your body holds the memories yes. uh, i've got it on hold i can't remember who wrote it but just recognizing that your body knows more than you and it may be re reacting to something that you're not really clear on 
Yeah, I know. For me, the seasonal thing was a big deal for a long time. It's not as much now, mm. I think, because I started to recognize it. Yeah. And, it. and then it didn't have as much power over me. Yeah. But for a long time, the seasonal thing was really hard. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things, but that's that's why it's important to pay attention to what's going on in the rest of your life that could be causing you to lose control with this one thing it might not just be the one thing that you're losing control over it might be all these other factors that are just building up and you're just not addressing them or you're letting them drag you down to a point where you just can't handle anything anymore right be a detective you know look around think around, see, look for clues. And I'm a big advocate of journaling. And if Mm. you could write them down, it helps. You know, I love true crime. And I love how they try to solve all these unsolved mysteries that nobody's been able to solve. And part of that is looking at clues. And so you're kind of your own little investigator. You're solving your own little uh, thing here by paying attention and watching, listening, looking. And then you get to be the master of you. You get to figure out what it is that's going on and also that you can get help if you need to yeah and it's even sometimes as simple as and what's that one the halt hungry angry angry lonely lonely and tired Mm -hmm. and the combination is is brutal i mean having all of them at once can be really brutal and if you don't have good boundaries and you're working too much or you're doing everything for everybody that's going to be hard that's going to make you angry and can cause rage so and if listening to this is making you upset then that's good because like kevin didn't want to talk about this i did not (laughs) want to well i so i had it on my you know i've i've got all these topics I've wanted to bring up and it was one of the ones I wanted to bring up but it's also the one I just kept kind of ignoring because (laughs) I didn't want to talk about it so and I think for survivors rage is a tough one because we we feel like we have a right we have a yeah exactly we feel like we deserve to be angry we deserve to but yes we have a a reason to be angry but we don't necessarily have a reason to lose control yeah and so i think that's part of what's so hard is knowing when you're having anger and expressing anger and when you're losing control over that Mm -hmm. and when it's actually harming someone else when you shouldn't really be harming someone else Mm -hmm. so that's what is hard for me was hard for me and i'm getting better at but it's like yeah i gotta pay attention to this a little more in my (laughs) life yes if we ignore it it does not i repeat does not go away Mm -hmm. so (laughs) So, and a way to tell if you have rage is really when you're in the car and you're behind (laughs) someone and i learned that a long time ago if if you really struggle with road rage then you probably have a lot of other rage too Mm -hmm. it's just coming out there yeah you're and, allowing it to, to yeah. take control. Yeah, and you control. don't have to live like that. You don't have to have it sneak up on you and get out of control, and then you feel remorseful. You know, you can take control. Yeah, it just takes paying attention mm-hmm. and understanding. Yeah, and we're in long-term recovery. We're always going to be growing and learning, and so, you know, it's layers and layers. So reach out if you're feeling it. Mm-hmm. Reach out to someone you know or feel you can trust with your feelings mm-hmm. and reach out to them. 
-hmm. talk about them talk about all these other things that are building up all these other things that are weighing you down and and you fear you're feeling trapped by Mm -hmm. and just you know i think for me just even talking about them and thinking about them helps to reduce their drag on me their Mm -hmm. control over me i don't feel like the at the time i'm i'm it's the pressure's building up i i feel like it's just everything just adds more and more pressure and then when you talk about when you look at when you write it down Mm -hmm. you realize it loses its power it's not that big a deal Yeah. yeah so well, good talk. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, I'm so glad. You got it out of your head. Got it out. I was dreading this one, but you know, it's an important one. It and is. I think it's it's really. And you know, there's so much shame in that that we deal with, and it's it's good when we can talk about things because then we realize there really is not shame in it because it's solvable mm-hmm. and it's a teacher. Yeah, and we have enough shame from mm-hmm. our past we don't need to add to our That's shame right. <laughs> you know we don't have to be ashamed about mm-hmm. this because there's reasons we've we're feeling these ways yeah. there's reasons we're having these feelings and there's as long as you can take a look at them and understand why we're having them then then we can start working on them yeah. so that's it for today we are going to have a prayer time if you want to stick with us if not we believe in you we want to hear from you we want to hear your stories If you like this podcast, please rate and review because that's how other people can find us. And we really want to spread this message. Father, I thank you for all your blessings, especially that you aren't ashamed of us Mm -hmm. and you understand our hearts. Even when we're raging, even when we're out of control, you understand where our hearts are and you love us and you want us to know that you love us even when we're raging, that you want us to get to the place of peace with you and understand how important it is to spend time with you and be centered with you and really feel your presence in our lives. Lord, I just pray for anyone who needs you in their lives, that needs to know that you love them and you want to heal them and help them, that you would be there for them and that you would that they would feel your presence and lord i just pray for all those that are feeling ashamed that you would help them to know their value that you value them and that you care about them that they do matter that they do have a purpose and that they don't have to be ashamed they that their anger is valid and there's a reason they're angry and that it's okay to be angry, but it's not okay to be hurting anyone else and help them to understand how to control that anger and how to express it in a way that isn't harmful. Lord, I just pray that anyone listening would find hope in you, in your name. Father, I just thank you for the way you've created us, Lord, that we have these bodies that want to heal themselves and that we have this mind and this brain that can change, Lord. And often we think that's the way I am and I can't change. And Lord, I'm so grateful that our mind can change our brain and that we can take all of these thoughts captive. We can look at all these things that we're doing that we don't just love and we can begin to turn them around. And Lord, that you're a good God, that you want that for us and that you want to be there for us, Lord. And so I just pray 
as we walk through this week that you would uh, bring to mind when we're struggling, if we're um, raging, if we're hurting others, Lord, that we might be able to stop and, and just look to you, Father. And I pray for um, self-care. It's the first thing that goes when we get busy, Lord. And I pray that that uh, we will specifically do self-care. We will be good models for our friends and family of what it means to take care of yourself and, and this amazing body you gave us, Lord, and that everything doesn't have to be perfect. Everything doesn't have to be done. That um, what's really important is that we love and serve you and that we love mm-hmm. and serve others. Thank you that... Um, I thank you that you're such a good God and that you do love us and that no matter what we've been through, you can always use it and you can always, um, and that it doesn't define our purpose or because we may have got off track as kids with this abuse, that it doesn't mean our purpose isn't still uh, our purpose, Lord, and that that we are here uh, to love and to do something. And I pray that you will begin to light that fire of what it is that we're here for and make it so clear in your son's holy name. Amen. Amen.